You know, because I care about you. I care about you too. And, and you if know you're else? worried about it, we'll take special precautions okay. to take care of that. And if I, I mean, I care, but I'm not going to put it on your rash. <laughs> okay, I won't I do that. I'm going to start this whole thing with a, like a very a quick apology. We're going to try to clean up the, the bad words. Just because it's like an easy thing to do. Not because I necessarily agree with the idea that it's um, messing, messing with kids. But actually, I just heard about this on the Mediator podcast. They were talking about it. Because they try to keep a pretty clean show, but they had some, some bad words in one episode. And the host was saying, like, I get it, but what you're trying to do, raise good little human beings, you can definitely do and still have them hear a couple bad words every once in a while. For sure. But we're going to try to clean it up. This is While I Talk. I'm Dan. I'm Will. Um, we're sitting at Pikedale. We're going fishing together with Parker Davis. Our intern. The dude's a rock star. Mm-hmm. Handled the Russian invasion of While I Talk <laughs> very well. Um, Him and Ken Miller bailed us out, man. Dude, they're big time. They were putting up firmware, hardware, software, all of the wares they got around my understanding is they built a, a wear wall around the wall I talk um, logo and that stopped the problem I love it mm-hmm. I love it brilliant people <laughs> we've got a very um, a very scheduled while I talk we've got an intro a review we're gonna go over our panfish program and then a billion listener questions. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a fun one. This one's for all of you. Yep. I feel like we asked and y'all uh, hit us up with some good questions. And it was good good timing because uh, busy 4th of July weekend. I had some time off the water, so I don't have a ton of like rel- relevant information yet. Um, we'll make our best guess on what's coming this weekend. But I think the big the preview is going to be it was real busy on the lake. And good day to be boat riding. Yeah. Um, then once we get out of that, we'll do Groundhog Day and then we'll do a preview and then we'll get out of here. Okay. And then we're going to fish with Parker. Mm-hmm. A little walleye fishing and then maybe like a bonus muskie right at the end. Having fun in the sun on the lake all day long. Porta-Doc.com. Porta-Doc.com. Find your local Porta-Doc dealer today. Porta-Doc.com. Review. Review your week. I fished panfish, and that's all I did. I fished a little walleyes, I guess, today, and I caught two. Oh, no, I fished walleyes on leech, and we caught one and lost, like, five that I could see with my eyeballs, and that drove me nuts. Dead calm, like, 94-degree day, one of those, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, I was happy to have the interactions. I would have been happier to have the interactions end in a frying pan. <laughs> yeah. But that's what you're going to do. Right. Um, but yeah, otherwise the panfish program starting to go. I think walleye fishing can only get better than what it's it gotta was. Got to be at the basement. Yeah. For uh, for us. Um, perfect storm, really. Oh, yeah. And that's like, if you listen to episodes last year at this time, we'd say similar things, I imagine. But always working on trying to get better. And what are we doing today? Like we're we're fishing some new waters on leech, but new new waters. New to and us. trying to 
like tweak some programs to see if we can't get something going with the idea that there's maybe more fish um, in there than than you were able to get at that one day. Right. And we've got, I would say, significantly better conditions. Kind of pulse front, but it like it stayed humid and there's cloud cover. Like it's got to be good. It's got to be good. It was good this morning, and it's only warming up with the cloud cover. Yep. I think it's going to be a good day. Yeah. And that front we had didn't have any electricity in it. Mm-mm, mm-mm. So I don't think it really shut them down completely. Good for the gardens. That's a good day to be a duck. <laughs> <laughs> I said that a bunch yesterday, and those guys were not having it. <laughs> like They had a pretty good sense of humor, but they did not like that. Uh, I saw, I met a, a new dad. Uh, he's got a kid about my age. Uh, just uh, your kids age or your age <laughs> about my kids age okay we went over there to like they're new people and he has he's driving a, a full-size van not a minivan and his license plate says van dad and he got it like b- before the kid even got here he went and got his like custom-made plate <laughs> says van dad <laughs> i saw it I'm like this dude we're gonna be best friends <laughs> <laughs> this guy's got a personality. Way to go all in on, on the dad thing. <laughs> um, the little bit of fishing I've done since last episode has been primarily like get a bite type of fishing. Lots of time in the weeds with uh, little jigs. And that's like just starting to ramp up as is usual. Um, today had a pretty decent morning fishing crappies and uh, had a couple walleyes on early. Oh. Caught one. Missed two others pretty typical july 8th day yep um crappie numbers will start to get better i think they're like just filling in in there and that's it except oh we caught a couple giant dogfish did i talk about that last episode <laughs> no that was oh man where i was on woman lake with some customers who have a harbor <laughs> and they're sitting there talking this kid he's like a 14 year old fishing nut who lives in california but they come to woman lake for like two weeks at a time and he just loves looking at these dogfish in the harbor trying to figure out how to get them to, to bite. And we're talking about it, and his dad catches a fish, and it's like, a monster dogfish. I was saying 30 inches, but then uh, a, a guy I fished in the uh, Warrior Tournament with Jens, he said that, like, the state record's only, like, 9 pounds for a dog. No, fish. I think it's, like, 12 pounds. Okay. All right. That made me feel better because I was like, God, I think that fish was probably pretty close to nine pounds <laughs> if I've been letting him go. And then he's like, Dan, do you really want the state yes. record dogfish? Yes. No, you want me to have the state record I want dogfish. you to have the state record yeah. dogfish. And then, so dad catches just a giant, and then the kid caught one right after him. Two monster dogfish. And uh, I never get a jig out of them. Never get a uh, jig back. I can never get their mouth open. Yeah. They make me nervous, man. They're just real muscly. Uh-huh. And they bubble. And they look mad, and they look like they've been around longer than me. Because like, <laughs> they have. Yeah. <laughs> they've hung out at biker bars a lot longer than you've had that haircut. <laughs> 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 For those of you who don't know, Dan cuts his own hair. Mm-hmm. And he does have a sick new haircut. Don't tell him that, because I might have to get rid of it. Who cares? Just trying it's to get cool rid- today. Trying to get rid of some of the gray on the sides. It's nice. Grow it out long. You should see it on the, in the tiller, too. It looks... <gasps> Does it just... Yeah. Oh, man. Um, yeah. So, slowish walleye fishing all around the, the Longville region that we fish. I'm sure mm-hmm. there are some people doing well out there. Um, and uptick in the pan fishing, which is great news for us. 
Makes the job easier. Yep. And like really what we settle into is like, well, what I try to settle into is like a compromise, right? Like, uh, let's go fish them real hard for a little while. And then I'm going to, I'm going to be able to tell if I'm going to be able to help you catch them today or not mm-hmm. in an hour and a half. Yep. And if I don't feel like we're going to do that, then let's go like save the day. We bail. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And have a great time. Oh, yeah. And people were like, why don't we just get fish crappies for four hours? It's for fun. me. <laughs> for me, that's why. And just the chance, because you do, you stumble into the days where it's the right thing to be doing. For even sure. in mid-July, so. For sure. So we've got to, we're going to go over our panfish program. Yep. Um, well, do you want to talk about how to find them? And I'll talk about how I ca- how we catch them. Sure. So, like, for me, it started, like, a long time ago. I was messing in around. In a galaxy far, far no, away. it was in Longville. Oh. And um, I was messing around trying to catch walleyes in the weeds, and I, like, stumbled into a crappie fishing probably a 16-ounce jig and a goldie or something. And then um, tried to, like, replicate that, and they've built off of that, and now we have replicated the same type of bite with a few nuances on every lake that we fish except for one, I would say, uh, that we fish regularly. And it's fishing in the slop. The weeds we fish are generally eelgrass with some cabbage mixed in. I definitely don't think cabbage is, like, the only thing you need to be looking for. Um, and the weeds are usually eaten up about half the water column. Depending on the lake clarity and the time of the season, that can be in... Like you, the boat can say you're in eight feet of water and the weeds are growing up four feet or the boat can say you're in 16 feet of water and you're fishing over the tops of the weeds in eight feet. Um, That's like ideal situation. The deeper stuff. Yeah. Yep, I agree. The shallow stuff is like too sloppy sometimes, but it does seem like at the beginning, the shallow stuff is better. better. And part of that is like the weeds aren't up over the 16 foot stuff yet and I feel, they once like they it, get they up like, like five, once they get up to like five, six feet, you can catch them out there. Yep. And they generally are a little bit bigger. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So what I would look for if you're trying like fishy contours still matter, like to points. start with points, inside turns, flats are good, but they are sometimes like the spot I was fishing this morning, they're just in there. And they like that little chunk of weeds, and you wouldn't be able to pick it out on a map why they're there. In fact, there's some, like, far fishier-looking stuff within, like, 100 yards that they aren't on. So, um, yeah, that's that a good enough basic description. What's eelgrass? Oh, it's, like, real tall-looking blades of grass. We're looking at some, like, terrestrial stuff that looks real similar to it. Um, like, doesn't look it looks super... like it looks like crabgrass. Yeah, and it, it's real. T- it does get really tall. It gets to be like seven or eight feet tall, mm-hmm. and it it doesn't have like a leaf lit on it, right? Like if you think a cabbage, cabbage is made up of a stalk with a bunch of leaflets. That's not it. It's just like one single stalk, and it's tall, mm-hmm. super green, almost like a lime green. Um, yeah, that's a great great description. So the way I try to, if I'm fishing for anything with fins, I use a ton of night crawlers. Like I go uh, to these cabbage patches with the eelgrass. It's a good combination of the two. And I, it's a 16th ounce jig and a half a night crawler. And if I've got a couple people in the boat, 
all I do is really pitch them and you pitch them shallower and then if uh, I've got more than two people I tend to have one person drag and two people pitch and I'll keep the boat going about a half mile an hour half to maybe even like a 0.7 and if I'm fishing specifically for crappies don't want to catch bluegills don't care about them I'm going to use, well, I just started doing it this year. I don't know if you did that today. That's all I've been fishing. I, there's a three, it's a lure, or it's not a lure, it's a plastic called a bento minnow. And they have them in a three inch and a four and a half inch. In the springtime, you use the four and a half inch for catching walleyes and works pretty good. But that three inch bento minnow, for one, it doesn't come off. Two, it's super lifelike. And three, it catches the bejesus out of them. Mm-hmm. And it has been uh, it's been super convenient to catch them on those. Sure, yep. I was fishing with Jens on, on uh, a lake up here, and we, we were catching a lot of bass, and we did burn through, like, they, they still have a shelf life. Like, the, the thing that makes them unique is they've got the, like, Chinese finger trap material mm-hmm. on the inside that, uh, like, they're not going to come off. You're right. But you do tear them up. Like, you do have to cycle through them. Yeah, um, but it's not like using a minnow, and, and it's it, not like a... Like a soft plastic. Right. Yeah, you're absolutely right. You're They for sure last longer than anything else we use. Um, but they're also, they're spendy, too. They're eight bucks, eight bucks back. Yeah, I was super pumped. I'm still super pumped. I'm very glad. I'd much rather use that than have pruny fingers all day, all the time. <laughs> yeah. I'm so sick of that. Like, you go... You have a morning and an evening and a morning and an evening, and you're catching a bunch of panfish. You go through six six scoops of minnows, mm-hmm. and you do that like four days in a row, and your hands are disgusting, <laughs> yeah. like perpetually pruny and disgusting. So this is gonna save my hands a little bit. Yeah, yep. And it's there's... I think when you get into some like the some nicer schools of fish in like a week or two. Where it's pure crappies. That might be all I have on there. Mm-hmm. I, I would. I feel like the equation might switch where I might have all of my customers fish in the plastics and all fish a minnow. Like just a big like, goldie or something? Well, just to, like, cover your bases, right? To, like, make sure, like, that they don't, for whatever reason, want meat and not the plastic. Mm-hmm. I feel like you owe that to people every day to, like, make sure they don't want the, the minnows. Um because, like, today, my customers outfished me, and I was fishing a bento minnow. And, and they were fishing minnows? Mm-hmm. Um, but I also think I maybe have a favorite color already, and I wasn't using my favorite color. Is it the gray one? No, I don't know the names of them. The one I was fishing today has a red tail. Perch color. And that one... Oh. I, I struggle with that one, with okay. crappies. Okay. What's, the, what's another good one? I like the gray one with the silver. It's got a gray exterior and a yes. silver middle. Yep. That one's the good crappie one. Okay. That one's really good. And then if, like, I'm on a super clear lake, I like the blue one with a parrot head. I think that's what I was using before, the red tail one. Burnt through all the the first ones and then had the red tails. Yeah. Anyway, it but could they, be could be great. Like, I, I'm dreaming about the idea of going out there on a panfish trip without a cooler of minnows, and, like, that sounds I've awesome. been doing it. I've already been doing it. Good for you. Committed. Like they're if they don't bite these, we don't we don't deserve to catch them. <laughs> they ain't worth catching if we can't catch them on these. People often ask, like, why aren't you fishing bobbers here? Like you're fishing fish that are suspended, and um, it's a good theory, good idea is, in theory. But and I think like it started with a convenience thing, like wow, a jig, 
jig is super easy for us all to fish with. There's not much to like mess up. Um, you don't have to worry about having the depth set right. All of those things are still true, but it wouldn't be like a legit excuse to not be fishing bobbers if bobbers were leading to more bites. But I've had bobbers out while I'm doing this and they don't lead to more bites. I don't know why. It's They're, a jigging want, action. Yeah, they want to hunt. Mm-hmm. And and you're you got to cover a lot of water because you're not you don't really know exactly where the fish are. Especially we'll segue into the next like a follow up listener question: Is your electronics can see fish in that stuff? But I don't rely on them to decide whether or not I'm going to fish a spot, especially the shallower spots, because you for sure are pushing fish out of there. A like lot. If you if you want to drive your weed bed before you fish it, you're driving. Your prop is spinning like three feet over the top of the mm-hmm. fish. So in order to like for sure say yes, there are fish here or no, there are not fish here, you're you are essentially burning your spot before you even get to fish it. So you gotta just get in there and deal with the slop. Deal with the slop. And then like usually when I settle in, I'm like, oh yeah, there's fish in here. Like when we're we're fishing quiet, like you do see them. DI is great, like you can for sure see them on DI. Um, hanging around the tops of the weeds or in little pockets where the weeds are, are not growing, you'll see fish laying in there. And then, like, that's it's a great thing. But uh, you can't rule it in or out based on the graph, so why drive it? Right. That's All you're going to do is blow them up. We talk about that with shallow It's rocks. the same thing as shallow water. Mm-hmm. Yep, because they're using, the, they're using those weeds tops as cover like they would if it was the bottom. Right. Um, so yeah, the SI, I don't, I, sometimes I think I can see them suspended over the weeds um, in like, but they're like usually in the water column part of the SI. So so really you're just reading them on DI. But you don't see them always on DI. There really? is like a little window of whatever where you won't see them on your DI, but they're in the water column only on one side of the water column. So that would be, you know, between your boat in the water column and where that beam hits bottom, you will see them off to one side. I do that like uh, bobber fishing with uh, with walleyes quite a bit. Where really, they're, they're only I think they're only like maybe three four feet away from the from the boat. Interesting. Learn something new every day. Hope you can't hear that. I shouldn't have this sitting. Well, I'm probably all right to have the computer sitting on my on my lap. Oh, that's a computer fan? Yeah. I thought just, that was a weed whip or something. It's just real hot. Holy. We're gonna do I a, suppose it's in the sunshine. We're going to do a little adjustment. We're going to take a break. Oh, that's a good idea. We'll take a break. Cool the computer off. We'll be right <laughs> back. This week's episode of Walleye Talk is brought to you by Secret Lake Tackle. Hand-painted spinners and hard baits uh, made right here in Minnesota. Will and I have been talking a lot about the spinners. Uh, sort of define the second half of June for us, I would say. But you should check them out online, secretlaketackle.com. Follow them on Instagram. Follow their Facebook page because he does a really nice job painting hard baits as well. We don't utilize them a lot midsummer, but you river guys, uh, some of their hard baits would be a, a, a custom painted hard bait can make a real big difference on some of those rivers. So check out secretlaketackle.com. See some fine craftsmanship made in Zimmerman, Minnesota. Listener questions from all over the friggin' place. Can I say that, you think? Sure. This is America. You can do whatever you want. Um, first of all, uh, last week we shared some listener information about um, about spinners. Some of it came from Kevin Skalicki of the um, of Secret Lake Tackle. 
And then there was another guy who had some real good information that he offered up to the entire Walleye Talk Nation, and his name was Garrett Greer. I forgot his name. Wanted to make sure I got it out there. So thanks, Garrett, for thanks, listening Garrett. and for sharing the wealth the, the, yeah, with everybody who cares to listen. All um, right. So we had a listener question. Uh, guys fishing uh, Lake Overrun with bluegills, so he doesn't want to run spinners. Yep. Right? He's a, he's a real good walleye fisherman, does real good in the spring, and I assume in the fall. I think he only highlighted the spring, but I assume he does well in the fall. Struggles midsummer with the like all the all the little Pan stuff. Panfish, yep. yep. Lots and of life this time of year. So he was looking for advice on what to do. do so the... one thing that's super common, like on Lake Winnie, where you have a gigantic perch population and you can't run a crawler clean, those guys run gulp. Pinch mm. crawler gulp. I know you don't like that, but it's super common up there and it's maybe something you should try. All right. Fair enough. Um, if you if you're running into that problem, give it a try. Sure. Because um, spinners, I I mean, do you think last you know in the last three weeks you could have caught the same fish on crankbaits that you caught on spinners? Probably me, certainly not. Good crankbait guys, maybe. But right. I think you know the the niche a spinner is filling is it's like filling in the gap between crankbait season where you can where they'll chase a bait at two and a half miles an hour and when we're doing slower stuff on on like tight schools of fish mm-hmm. and you're right you can't do that so maybe it's worth a shot for you sure so um he also had some like suspended fish that he was wondering if those were walleyes and i think they very well could be they could also be lots of other things so you can't say for sure that they are walleyes but i think there are certainly populations of fish uh of walleyes that relate to deep water like s- suspending over deep water and probably chasing tulabees, mm-hmm. and, you know, there are a lot of big predators that do that suspended stuff, and walleyes are one of them. Even the fish we caught four weeks ago, a lot of those fish were four feet off bottom. Yeah, for sure. That's suspended. Right. He's talking about fish in 14 feet over 26. That's so. higher than we ever encounter. Right. But. but we also, like, don't look or don't try to catch any of those marks ever and ever and maybe we should um i feel like a lot of well i think there are some guides especially on like cass who do a lot of that down on the whitefish chain they do a ton of that is that right yeah yep and so they very well could be walleyes that'd be one thing the the main thing to like I guess, like, where we could speak as as experts is, like, look at our business model. Like, we would very much like to always be fishing walleyes all of the time. But for for our business, and that's how he put this, he was thinking about guiding. Like, we fish a variety of lakes, and we don't just target walleyes. We also fish variety reef. We do. I got very few fish there. Yeah, it was terrible. Mm-hmm. I had one good day there. Hmm. Usually that's a that's a jammer. Yeah. Yep. It sucked. Yep. Usually it's like old reliable. Yeah. Like not great ever, but never. We need never three bites. We need three more bites. Yep. Three more bites. Let's get them here. So, anyways, I would say to him, <laughs> we're long way <laughs> off topic. Uh, if you have other waters to fish, consider that. And then also consider other species. Multi species beat down. What we, I mean, in like, I'd have this conversation with lots of people right now if you give me flexibility on where we have a far better chance of 
doing walleye stuff all day. But if you're fishing one particular lake, there are just some days where it's not going to happen. Yeah. For us. We're, we're avid anglers. We're sometimes really good anglers. Sometimes we're terrible. But sometimes really good. <laughs> and, but we're not wizards. Yeah. We can't just pull, this, pull a rabbit out of a hat here. Mm-hmm. We'll try our best. We'll always try our best. Yep. And I hope that, like, if, if you're listening to this podcast, you rec- like, that's maybe where the value comes from. Like, a couple pretty informed dudes who also, like, wear it on their sleeve when we're not catching them. Because uh, I think that's fairly uncommon in the in the fishing world to sometimes highlight the times where you're not doing so great. That's mm-hmm. not what Instagram and Facebook do for you. If you're following <laughs> people there, they don't, they don't post a picture of an, an empty live. Well, that's mm-hmm. not what happens on the, on those social media sites. So, um, but there's lessons to be learned in not catching them too. For sure. Well, uh, the big thing is you learn where they're not. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Ruin out a couple thousand of these acres <laughs> every day. <laughs> I was talking with Jens about this and I was like, yeah, I've just, I've, I'm, I've been struggling on leech and he's like, you just can't get him to bite. I'm like, I'm not getting over that many fish. Like I had one real good cluster fish. I was over, uh, three of the three days I fished it last week. I'm like, but there's a lot that I think it's a me thing. Like not, it's still, still challenging to get them to bite. But then also if you're not over them, how do you get them to yeah, bite? And he's like, yeah. So like the four acres you drove, didn't happen to have any walleyes in them. It's 120,000 acres. Right. It, like, I feel like his estimate was pretty right. Like, four acres would be, like, covering some freaking water. <laughs> yeah. And, Burning some boat gas here. <laughs> right. And uh, there's a lot of other acres out there. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, color bottom bouncer. I'm real fancy. I use lead. lead. Meter cheap bottom bouncers. Lead. Lead. I do think that, like, the Northland bouncers, I don't like them because they don't have a closed clevis clevis on where it attaches to your main line. Um, I'm not sure if there's an advantage to that. Like, maybe some guys prefer that. But for me, I I run a, a crankbait snap at the terminal line or at my main line and then snap the weight on there and then snap the leader onto the weight. And then when I stow my rods, I take the weight off, keep the leader on, and hook it to that crankbait snap. So I don't like those. Right. Maybe color's good. My, like, very simple walleye fishing brain is like, well, they don't want to bite that part. I don't really want them paying attention to that part. (laughs) Um, It might have a big difference if you're on a crystal clear lake or something, or... I don't know. I don't know. Maybe the color is a good thing because I do feel like sometimes it's not the first spinner that goes past the fish that gets bit. Mm-hmm. Like maybe there is something to like. I was just saying this to customers like, oh, what was that? Like the fish are like, what was that? Oh, there's another one. I'm going to eat that one. And maybe <laughs> like with a bouncer that has color, they do that with the color and they're like, oh, that thing's got a nightcrawler tattoo. <laughs> it's way better. Yeah, I don't want to think too much about it. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I, well, are you gonna? If I do, I'm gonna think I've done it wrong for seven years, <laughs> and then I'm gonna you feel mean, really bad. Dude, I just needed the weight to be yellow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's stupid. Yeah. And then you know, I'm gonna invest a ton of money into all sorts of different colors. Oh God, 
I don't even want to think about like swapping bouncer colors. Yeah, right. On top of those Wor- spinners. Yeah, worst of all, you know, you've already swapping spinner colors left and right. Right. Well, let's swap bottom bouncer colors. <laughs> let's not dig too deep into it. Um. Um. Proper client etiquette. Etiquette. We got to do this one kind of quick. We did. We did a lot on this. Customer was asking, like, what's some proper client etiquette? Mm-hmm. Do you want to go first? Uh, yes. I would like you to sit in the boat while I'm docking. I want you to stay sitting. Don't reach for anything. Just sit there until I get docked. Mm-hmm. That's one of my biggest problems, and I, I don't. I feel like I'm harping on people because sure. they'll stand up and get in the bow of the boat. And they're trying to be helpful. That's the and hard part about That's like, the worst anything. part. Yep. And I'm like, oh, no, 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 don't, certainly don't grab it at the bow. Right. Because all you're going to do is pull my back end over. Right. And that's what controls everything. For a tiller guy, like what we're trying to do is we're worried about where the back cleat ends up. Yes. Like we don't want our bow to hit anything, but we want our back cleat to end up in a specific spot. And you don't have a whole lot of ways to help unless we're going to bump the dock. And Mm -hmm. then we will let you know if that were to be the case. We're like, hey, you mind grabbing the bow? But... We want that back cleat to end up in a very specific spot, and we, we're the ones that get to choose where that goes. And the, the reversing is when you when you want to land. Yeah. Not on the forward, right. but on the back. Yeah. Because the the forward just lines you up so the reverse can pull you over. Yeah. And depending on what the wind is doing, like you're exactly right. Like where I try to line up my bow um, changes based on what the, the wind is going to do the boat. Sometimes the, I'm going to try to line the bow up like four feet away from the dock. Mm -hmm. And then I'm going to use the, I'm going to use reverse to, to kill the speed and try to line that back cleat up with where I want it. And usually like play the wind to like settle us into the dock. So don't touch anything. (laughs) Yeah. And then I just think like a general recognition that for most fishing guides, especially full-time fishing guides, our like the boat is like our boats are nicer than our yearly salary, if that makes sense, right? <laughs> yeah. Like if you were just random dude making X amount of dollars, it would probably be irresponsible for you to for me to own the boat I own. Mm-hmm. The reason I can like Justify the reason I, it. I do it is because it's my living. Mm-hmm. Um so, like, a general awareness that I try really hard to keep my boat in pretty good shape is, and it's a hard thing to do dealing with docks and new people all the time, but, like, just a general awareness that this is, like, a very important, valuable part of our business. Um, and I, like, the, the balance is I also want you to be super comfortable in the boat. I don't want you to feel like you're walking on eggshells, but, like, nice boat. Let's see if we can take care of it. A good the- representation is your boat compared to your truck. Your truck's not bad <laughs> yeah. at all. Right. But your truck has over 200,000 miles on it, mm-hmm. and your boat's new. Yeah. That's a perfect representation yeah. of what matters. Yep. Um, yeah, I won't do too many more. But if I, like, if I want to bait your hook, like, yeah. Just, let me. Let me do it. Let me do it. It's often it's either an expediencing expediency thing, or like I'm I'm doing something with like one or two little details in mind that I want to make sure I get right. The biggest thing for me, if I want to, so like I'll, if somebody wants to bait their hook, I'll let them. But if they do it not how I want it, I'm gonna take the reins right away. 
Like, I'll give him an inch, but I'm not going to let him take a mile. Sure. Like, if I'm threading a crawler on, I want a crawler threaded. I don't want it, like, partially threaded. Mm-hmm. I want it straight so it's not spinning like crazy. Yeah. And I do feel like more and more I've, I've recognized that people probably just, like, want to know that, mm-hmm. right? If Especially if they're into fishing. Like, why are you doing it a certain way? And that, lots of that stuff, like... They're not going to see exactly how you do it if you're, it's in your hand. So you just, like, I now I just, like, talk them through, like, so I like to either very, very lightly nose hook these crawlers or I'll thread, like, a half inch on. I kind of go back and forth and see if that makes a difference. Um, and then sometimes we're dealing with, like, a fair, like, if you're fishing a big minnow trip. Oh, yeah. You're dealing with, like, a fair amount of money and trying to, like, I mean, you could be dealing with $30 worth of minnows, right? And, like, you don't want to run out of those things. Right. So you want to, like, take care of them as best you can. And uh, part of that is, like, how you hook them and how you handle them and stuff. Yeah, you don't ever want a brain-hooked creek chub. <laughs> no. Ever. Nope. <laughs> um, yeah, we, yeah, I think that's it. I don't think we need to go too much in it. I think we need to take a break. Okay. And hear from a sponsor. This episode is brought to you in part by the Muskie House Marine in Longville, Minnesota. The Muskie House Marine has a great variety of different aquatic vehicles and toys for you to rent on your summer vacation. They also have a great service shop with a very knowledgeable staff for rigging and setting your boat up to be able to catch fish today. Hold on. I'll just say that we're... We're back and <clears throat> we're we got to go fishing with Parker. So we're gonna well, we've got a few more listener questions. We'll get to next episode. Um, Will's got a Groundhog Day situation for me. I'll talk about my week in preview beforehand. Um, panfish are gonna play a bigger role. Um, pulling spinners is still like catching a few fish, and then like rigging minnows is for sure the I think that the right thing to do if on in given situation. So like you still have to find collections of fish using um essentially using brake lines. Brake lines inside turns and points um and I should say those often overlap, right? So like a brake line on an inside turn or a point where fish are holding tight to one spot for prolonged periods of time. Um a good way to get fish to bite right now is to make it worth their time and that's usually a creek chub or a red tail um my my last like great day was fishing creekies and reds and then uh i had like another decent day doing the same thing reds maybe had i hate i hate to think don't it. do it don't do I it think they maybe were a little bit better and i wonder a little bit if it's like that's pretty stained water i was fishing and the reds are, I even like swapped a guy's red to a lighter red and a lighter color, lighter, red? Co- like a paler minnow. And he got bit pretty quick. Hmm. So like, d- it depends on the, where the creek chubs are coming from, but sometimes the creek chubs are like awfully dark mm-hmm. and they're like built to survive on a dark bottom. And I wonder if that's not part of it in, in that stained water. Um, anyway, I was buying half and half creekies and red tails and. Um, the reds were maybe just a little bit better. So much fun, though. So much fun. They kick and kick and kick and bam! <sighs> Got them. I like it. The, the, our great, the real good day I had last week, I didn't get to fish them. Just sat there, 
fished a jig wrap a little bit, caught a couple on a jig wrap, but like, God dang, I wanted to be big in a middle. <laughs> but they were all doing it real good. And Well, if they can do the job, let them. Yep. So I've got, I've got a good question. Okay. It's July 20th. I want to get a meal of fish, and but I've got, I've got six people to feed. Okay, and I don't have all day to do it. I want to have it this evening, so I'm gonna start at seven o'clock. But I don't want to eat crappies or bluegills. <laughs> How are we gonna feed six people without crappies and bluegills? July, whatever day I said, sixteenth. Okay, you didn't rule out pike. I didn't. But I ruled out crappies and bluegills. Okay. So I'm fishing with a moron. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fishing with a hungry guy. But you've got lots of time to do it. You've got day after day after day. Oh. It's Groundhog Day. Sure. All right. Oofta. Mm-hmm. Six people. Okay, realistically, I think sometimes people think they can eat more fish than they can. Right? So... Uh, I forgot to mention, I'm 280 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is like worth worth discussing for a minute or two. Like one 18-inch walleye is, like if you're making it part of a dinner, that's enough fish for, for most people. For one person, I would agree. Like that's a lot of fish. That would be like equivalent to maybe a 22-inch pike. You sure. got to take the Y bones out. Right, right. I'm just saying that, Sometimes people, I think, think they need more fish than they do for one particular meal. Right. I think on a hungry day, you probably eat an 18-incher and, like, maybe a backstrap off of another 18-incher. I never eat a partial. You always fry them whole? No, I'm just kidding. All right. <laughs> I chunk them always. All right. I have a, a lake in mind. Oh, I don't know if I do have a lake in mind. You can have lots of lakes in mind. This is Groundhog Day. You can fail. You can fail and do it all over the next day. The, the one I want to... F- oh. But we've got to be done by like 2 o'clock because i got to feed these people. So I've got five hours to, to catch seven them. To, seven to 2 o'clock. All right. I, I'm going to fish a Longville Little, and I'm going to bank pretty hard on walleyes, um, and we're going to catch... Uh, we're... They're, Either the 15 inches are going to bite and we're going to be like good to go with <laughs> with uh, 8 to 12, 15 inches, or they're not going to bite <laughs> and we'll go fish pike starting at like 10 o'clock. I don't know if I have a clever answer for this though because I just feel like... It doesn't like, need to be clever. Right, that's it's what I'm meant gonna, to be a grind. That's what I'm going to do day one. I'm going to do that day one and day two. And uh, I feel like it's a coin flip either... And I'll know by 8 o'clock whether or not I'm going to get there. Because the pike thing, I'm not, like, super great at catching the right pike out there. Right, because that's got a slot limit on mm-hmm. it, 24 to 36. Yep. Um, so, like, yeah, I might blank two days in a row. If that happens, I'm going to move lakes. I'm going to do, like, all-in walleyes, and I'm going to do uh, a big minnow program and and try to tell them that they only need... One fish per person. Because they're 19 inches. They're all going to be real nice. <laughs> and I feel like it'll be like a huge moral problem for me because I'll, I could be like into day six and like I'll be staring at a 24-incher thinking you could fix so many people. <laughs> but I don't like cutting you up. 
So I'm going to let it go. Maybe you get lucky and it's hooked in the gill. (laughs) You're like, well, we got to eat it now. It's bleeding all over the place. (laughs) Ah, man, I think there's just no way that doesn't, like if I had to bet, it would take me like six or seven days to do it. And I would probably bounce back and forth between those two. Um, I like it. I like it a lot. I could, like, an easier way to do it would just be, like, to go all in on Pike and go fish Woman Lake and yeah. catch a bunch of 22s and 23s. <laughs> Is that what you thought I could do? No, I would. I didn't. I thought you'd pick a different lake, but hmm. um, but with the same strategy. Sure. I thought for sure you'd be making Andy Madden, keeping all sorts oh, of smallmouth. Oh, I didn't mouth. think about brown bass. Oh, yeah, smallmouth and largies, but he was talking a bunk, bunch of smack at the one stop <gasps> about something. I can't even remember what it was snobby walleye fisherman i was like dude i was gonna let the 20 inch brown bass go today but i think i'm gonna cut it up just to get back at you <laughs> he doesn't even listen <laughs> no i said this to him oh you so. said it in person yeah oh good <laughs> have i said this on the on the show already mm-hmm. maybe but that would make i don't think that would be that much fun july 18th could be super hot too but July 18th is, like, when you can put up a super crooked number on the lake that you wanted to put a crooked number on. Sure, yeah. Yep. It's due. We haven't put a crooked number up there in, like, four weeks, three weeks. Yeah. Should probably get out there. Yeah. Um, Anything you want to say about weekend preview? Um, I'm going to be fishing walleyes out here. I'm going to be pulling spinners still. We're going to go explore. Um some similar areas that we've been fishing and hopefully it leads to great success and we can build off of a pattern because that's something we're missing out here is a good pattern. Mm -hmm. I would agree. And let's find it today. Yeah. It's going to happen. I man, I'm so pumped right now. Boom. He's going to drop the hammer, dude. You think so? Uh, Yeah. Parker's on it. We like just have to get the kid within an acre (laughs) of walleyes and he'll be able, he can cast a long ways. I love it. Yep. Let's do it. All right. Thanks, folks. We'll see you next time.